0: Back live in Foxborough, Gillette Stadium, Patriots minicamp day two, six rings and football things recap podcast. Andy Hart here joined alongside weei.com's Mike Cadlick. Another interesting day for the Patriots offense is where I'll lead off because quite honestly, I thought it was another day where the defense dominated and some might say, well, yeah, Andy, they got a lot of good defensive players. They were good last year and they're starting from a higher pace. And actually, Matt Judon and Jabril Peppers and others did sort of um, agree with that idea, that sentiment, even though Bill Belichick shot it down in his pre-practice press conference. He said, nope, you start from square one every year, you rebuild your fundamentals, you reestablish your role. But the reality is, and we've talked about this, Mike, they have a lot of good, versatile, experienced players. And even some of the inexperienced players look like they might be good and versatile. So the defense in a lot of the 11 on 11 work seemed like they forced Uh, Mac to either be sacked pull the ball down like they were winning the downs winning the plays and then celebrating rather uh, loudly afterwards so I know you're very positive and I know there's been a trend towards positivity of the offense Mac Jones Bill O'Brien but do you agree with my assessment that the defense won the day today
2: yeah definitely I think I I, it's probably gonna be my headline on the observation (laughs) is defense wins the day Julian Edelman in attendance and more observations um yeah defense won the day I thought um The offensive line struggled in 11s and didn't really allow them to get anything going um, on offense. I thought seven on seven was kind of a hit or miss, but that's generally uh, harder for the defense anyway in sevens because there's nothing really else besides a one-on-one in coverage. Um, No, defense wins the day. I think um, the versatility on defense really stood out. Belichick spoke to the confidence um, he has in Jabril Preppers before practice, uh, a guy who was out here making plays today and really has been since he got here. Marcus Jones, uh, inside-outside a little bit today, had an interception or two, I believe, and then they used uh, Jack Jones uh, opposite John Jones uh, to start 11-on-11s with Christian Gonzalez on the sideline. I thought that was a little interesting. Makes you think that, again, they're just going to rotate these guys through, use all the athletes they have, um, give some guys rest, and just kind of throw a bunch of uh, athletic junk at the opposing offenses and kind of let them cook that way. So, no, I think, uh, yeah, defense wins the day, and offensive line is – Continue, may continue to be a struggle for the Patriots uh, on the offensive side of the ball.
0: Yeah, you know I've been throwing out the, the term house of cards at cornerback, house of cards at receiver. Uh, I'm not even sure the offensive line right now is a house of cards. I think it needs to improve to yeah. become a house of cards. I'm not sure who the tackles are going to be. Trent Brown was here today. He did not do anything. Um, he was on the lower field. He was around, but no Trent Brown actually on the field. Why that is exactly – we don't really know because in past training camps, I know Malcolm Butler missed a flight, missed the first day of minicamp, and Bill would not allow him to practice, basically sat him for the rest. If that's the situation, I'm not sure. If there's other issues with Trent Brown, which is always a possibility, sort of given his history and, and personality and and track record, I guess. Um, I did want to mention the Christian Gonzalez thing that stuck out to me because we've been talking about Gonzalez, left corner, left corner, left corner, first group, first, and then he's not out there today. But In general, I thought this entire practice was kind of all over the map in terms of reps and guys coming in and out. We saw Bailey Zappi get his most extensive reps with higher end players, I guess we'll say. I don't want to say first unit or second unit, but, you know, getting reps with Bourne and Gasicki and some of those guys um, with Mac watching. Um, we saw even McSorley get some reps ahead of Mac, then Mac come in later. Special teamers littered throughout various drills. It almost felt like they emptied the bucket, emptied the bag today, um, leading some to speculate, and by some I mean me, that they may not actually have a third day of mini camp, which a lot of teams have done. They cancel that. Sometimes they have team building, paintballing, games at Fenway Park. Who knows what they'll do if they did indeed cancel it, but it w- there was a lot that I didn't want to make too much of. And the tempos were all over the place. There was like 50%, less than 50%. Then it was like maybe three steps were full speed. Although that didn't stop them from having another uh, minor altercation where uh, Anfernee Jennings, the number 58? Yes. 58 went uh, toe-to-toe a little bit with Chasen Hines, number 63, Matthew Judon. Who is here yet again, um, was kind of the peacekeeper, broke them up, but, um, Jennings kind of threw a punch. It wasn't a, wasn't a Christian Barmore haymaker. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but he threw a punch. So I don't know really what to assess from today other than that the offense didn't look great. Like where we started, I even joked to somebody. If if you had said Matt Patricia was running the offense today, people would have been like, "Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like." The quarterbacks pull the ball down. There's balls batted at the line, um, because that's a growing issue for both quarterbacks, yeah. Zappy and Mac. Balls batted at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I don't. Other than that, I don't really know what to take away from the tempo and the reps. And I think if you're a Zappy guy today, you'd say there's a competition. <laughs> I borderline think that's ridiculous but uh, today was the first day where you could actually point to something in that direction
2: yes yesterday uh right before we recorded you had said oh it looked like the 2022 offense and I pushed back a little bit and said maybe that's a stretch today I would agree that yeah, <laughs> we we're, we're kind of getting there um again mishaps along the offensive line batted balls um offensive line struggles where Mac just kind of dilly-dally's back there, chucks one up, and it gets picked off. That happened yesterday. I think it happened today a couple times. So, yeah, not great. Um, Something that, again, it looks like they will probably won't be out here. I think I was trying to find out a little bit, too, after they, again, threw all of that crap at us with, you know, there was basically a full session of special teams seven on seven where we saw reps from uh, Ed Lee, Brendan Schooler was back there, Chris Board, um, Marcus Jones, you know, playing a starting cornerback role there, which he doesn't, you know, normally do on the outside. Um, They kind of just threw everything. Out there, and I was trying to see at the end if you know during when they did their little huddle up in the end of the practice, if we could hear like a big hooray or a shout to say to kind of tell if Bel- Belichick told them, you know, we're done here, but um, didn't get necessarily that, but yeah, it looked like they they emptied it out. And again, the uh, the thing with zappy is interesting, I think that's another tell that they might not be out here, you know, hey, we'll give you, we'll give him, you know, his uh, his due at the end here to kind of show us what he's got with these starting receivers, but um, overall, yeah, I mean, again, nothing. Huge takeaway. I think the attendance is the big thing to take away. Trent Brown, again, out here, um, but scurries off basically right away. He comes out and stretches, then was basically gone. That's probably, again, maybe a conditioning thing of some sort. He comes out here, shows face, and then leaves. But they also haven't really done that with guys like uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, come out here and then leave, which they normally do during the season. You know, a guy who Mac last year, for example, Mac was hurt during with the ankle they throw him out here so we all report that he's here and then they you know throw him away and he was a limited participant so um yeah I would say attendance big thing and the fact that the offense had a bunch of really solid days to start this whole thing and they're kind of teetering a little bit here so we'll see where it goes but uh yeah that's basically that
0: Teetering. That was his word, not mine. Yeah. Teetering. Not a good word. I don't think that's the word you want in early June when you're talking about minicamp offensive action. Um, I'm going to talk about one thing positive from the offense, and then I want to talk about some things on the defensive side of the ball. And I, I don't know if this is a positive or not. People can take it in a different uh, light, potentially. And a uh, reminder, we are indeed on the uh, practice fields of Gillette Stadium. There are lawnmowers and now helicopters in the background. So giving you ambient noise that you uh, may appreciate or you may not appreciate. But Ty Montgomery is healthy, is getting praise from Bill Belichick, is in great shape. Dude is vascular, like his calves are bulging, his biceps are bulging. Um, He had a press conference after practice, but the thing that stands out to me is he is clearly entrenched right now as the third receiver and that's understanding no juju out here Taekwon thornton we saw in the lower field running around a little bit so he exists but he's not on the practice mm-hmm. field still since that first good day but ty montgomery i think is a really interesting guy let's just say they don't add d hop they don't add dalvin cook they don't do by the way james robinson was released yesterday yeah, in, case in case you hadn't heard is, uh, andy's hopes and dreams No, they're just going to a different team, those hopes and dreams. And I will be the most obnoxious person ever. If he finds a new team and has like one big game this year, I will take a one hour victory lap that night after that big game. Uh, But Ty Montgomery, extra running back because we know his versatility, but he's getting primary reps at wide receiver right now. Today, they went more three receivers, one tight end. He was the third receiver. We talked about it yesterday when Bourne had to take a penalty lap. He was the guy that runs in immediately to take Bourne's spot. Just what are your thoughts on Ty Montgomery at this point in his career, where he might fit? Is he is he one of those guys you get excited about in the summer and then in the regular season, you kind of forget you were ever excited about him? Or would you have hopes that he can be a at least rotational valuable contributor to this offense
2: well that's the thing that i thought about last year right everyone was all over time Montgomery, I and he had the one touchdown i think their first offensive drive last season it was like oh here we go with this you know versatile running back wide receiver kind of do anything gadget player and then i think he got hurt on the touchdown and was out for the rest of the season right. so um there was those hopes and then they faded so this year kind of same thing we're seeing now um especially uh, again the the added reps at receiver Seem to be heavily due to the fact that we haven't seen Juju or Tyquan Thornton over the last three, or four practices that we've been out here. D Hop to the mix obviously would change things, but um, if if and when Juju is back, shouldn't say when when Juju is back in the rotation, I feel like Ty Montgomery's reps are going to fade, but they'll still use him at running back because again they just cut James Robinson, um, so they're going to use his skill set um, to the max and hopefully he stays healthy like he didn't last year. Um, again belichick says he looks healthy now so that's sort of a a positive um and then i had one other thought and now i lost it okay
0: we'll come back to it because i have a thought on the two second year running backs bill belichick was asked about second year players pass protection talking about how there is that big jump especially at that position and in that role both guys are out here healthy kevin harris has massive quads as he always has um looks like at least visually speaking, that he is a potential Damian Harris replacement, second tier sort of lead back. And then Pierre Strong is out here. I won't say either one has done anything remarkable that made me go like wow they don't need James Robinson they don't need anybody kind of thing their healthy bodies will you know training camp and preseason will figure out where their development is but I do think because even when when some of the struggles were coming offensively today the offense turned into dump it off to Ramondre Stevenson yeah. dump it off to Ramondre yeah. Stevenson and we saw last year is he capable of that absolutely yeah. will he get worn down absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so there's there's sort of an issue there for that next tier running back and whether it is Montgomery. Or the young guys and i don't know if you've seen anything i know you know kevin harris just the visual kind of makes him look like an nfl running back yeah. but uh, any thoughts on those two guys maybe being ready to step up with robinson gone
2: they don't they don't really pop like they're, they're not guys who come out here and be like oh wow that's a guy who you're gonna give you know a bulk of the carries to when stevenson's down right they're just kind of they're just bodies out here and i thought that it, you know, I heard yesterday, I forget who who said it or reported it, that James Robinson didn't really look like anything special. And I don't think he did, but I don't think the other two guys have either. Right. So I don't really know how they separate themselves in that role, which is why I think Montgomery will heavily serve in that, you know, pass-catching role as – I don't know if they're give him carries necessarily, but they'll line him up in the backfield, try and run some of the offense through him from the backfield. Um, the other thing I was going to say was Montgomery's age is going to be a factor because he's on – I believe he's on the other side of 30 now, which is sort of the – Mm-hmm. you know the stop gap there for uh for running backs and you know offensive players in general which is why it's funny that everyone wants D Hop, who's 31 but we won't go there because i am on that train myself <laughs> um but no i think uh yeah i haven't seen too much positive or negative really from the other two running backs they're just sort of guys that are out here so um i think strong ultimately would be the one who you go to as the uh the pass catcher kevin harris be more of the uh you know, the bulldozer uh, who takes the carries off of Stevenson. But um, I want to see more from them in training camp before we really decide to give them, you know, added reps with the first team offense.
0: Yeah, my one retort to James Robinson didn't really pop. That's true. Mm -hmm. But he has an NFL track record. As a rookie in Jacksonville, he had 1,400 yards from scrimmage. I have no idea what Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris are going to be on an NFL field. Uh, You had mentioned Julian Edelman was on the sidelines. The Penn State staff was still here. By the way, the Edelman thing can't deny or uh, refute the idea that maybe he's here because yesterday he heard Malik Cunningham talking about him and saying no, he was, was more athletic was than Julian um, Malik Cunningham quick note uh, running some uh, read option and stuff for the scout team at one point. So we know that's a, a, a tool in his toolbox, whether that'll ever be something the Patriots ask him to pull out of the bag. Um, I'm not sure. Um, the last thing I want to touch on. So versatility is something I think is really interesting with this team energy i think is something that's interesting i think they have a really good energy um kendrick Bourne, we talked a little bit about it messing around with bill yesterday he was dancing early in practice today with i think ed lee malik cunningham i don't know i get him confused six uh, wide receivers in the 60s um he was dancing with some of those guys he celebrates he catches a ball he's flying around like he's just having fun which he's is back. yeah he's back he's back um but I think there's some other guys like Jalen Mills does a little bit of that. Jabril Peppers, we all saw it last year on the field. The energy he brings through hitting, yep. he has a certain energy. When he was coming over to his press conference, he was going back and forth with Judon. Something about the Heisman ceremony when yep. he was at it in college. And there is just – even Mac, I think, has a positive energy. Although today, he was a little bit more solitude. He was sort of off by himself when he wasn't getting reps and wasn't really doing as many of the mental rep his, histrionics Um And I know some people are going to make something of this, so I'm just going to bring it up. I am not making something of this. It may sound like I'm making something of this. Uh, I know people are starting to take note of how little time Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi spend anywhere near each other on a football field. Oh, look, at so I'm not bringing it up. Let's let the homer bring it up.
2: No, there is. There's a little bit of uh, animosity strong. It feels like they don't have like a buddy-buddy relationship that you might want to see more from a quarterback. Zappy,
0: Zappy. Yeah,
2: right. But again, how do you blame Mac after right. stuff like that happens? But again, it's not, it wasn't like Bailey Zappy was starting those chants. It's not that guy's fault. Ultimately, I think they're fine, but it is, it is kind of interesting. You don't really see them dapping each other up. You don't see them, one of them throws a touchdown, they jump into each other after to celebrate. Right. You don't really see that. So maybe there's this sort of thing where, Zappy's on his heels or maybe he uses that to try and motivate himself who knows but yeah there's not really much buddy buddy between the two
0: and i don't actually have a problem with that they're competing they're yeah, professionals they're- as long as it's not you know detrimental they're tying each other's shoes together so they fall and like yeah, get really. hurt or something <laughs> Something stupid uh, i've always actually been uh i've always remarked at how the running back rooms over the years committee backfields Somehow, Ivan Fears would always have all the guys as they were like best friends, yeah. even though they were vying for reps together, vying for touchdowns, yep. playing time. One would score. Three others would run out on the field, hip bump. Yep. I don't think you're going to see that from Mac and Bailey Zappi. Um, I will say the guy that Mac spends a lot of time with is David Andrews. There's a lot of times when the second unit is in there and they are, you know, watching from behind and it's just David Andrews and Max standing right next to each other conversing. And, and I think that's interesting with David Andrews and his leadership role yeah. on this team, captain, um, which is also a topic we can not necessarily talk about ne- necessarily today, but the leadership adjustments and talking about the post McCordy. Lawrence Guy not out here Lawrence Guy with a contract issue he's part of your core leadership uh Mac is a captain but is he in a competition for his job it's hard to be a captain as a backup quarterback or a quarterback that's been cut off at the knees yeah, in any right. way that's difficult i think he battled that a little bit last year um but i do believe forget the zappy mac thing i think this team has good energy right yeah, now and you should if right. you don't have good energy in June, you're probably in trouble because Which when the pads come have, on, they might
2: not have had at the at June last year because of again I've I've spent it 15 times on this podcast over the last few days the the cluster F that was the offense last year sucked the energy right out of the place. But yep. continue,
0: but yes, and 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 it, that's my point. If you're having energy issues, focus issues, yeah. uh, buy-in issues, like they clearly were last year. That's going to be a problem over the course of the season. Yep. Like, it's just like depth. My house of cards theory if you're not deep in June, you're porked because yeah. you're going to get hurt. You're going to lose people. And even Bill has acknowledged that depth. Like, you'll we'll say, oh, wow, looks like you got a lot of depth at safety. And he'll say, well, depth in June is not the same as depth in November. If I lose three of those guys to injuries, I'm no longer deep. But the and converse. That's
2: what, and that's what worries me about the wide receiver room right now. Wide that.
0: receiver and cornerback yeah. and, and tackle to some degree, although. They have some depth. I'm not sure they have any talent. Uh, it's, it's the yeah. starting spots that are up right. for grabs. Um, but again, I wanted to finish on a positive note. There, there is go. good energy yes. from this team. So you're going to hear some things about how the offense maybe scuffled a little bit. Maybe the offense looked like 2022 and Matt Patricia a little bit. And that's fine. That is truthful. But it's also June. They're coming together. And as as um, Matthew Judon said, it's not strange for the defense to look ahead or be where they are because they are good they have veterans they have versatile players they have a lot of talent they have consistency in coaching and scheme it's all on their side as they go up against an offense that is moving new players in does have questions at multiple positions does have a new coordinator is learning a new system so they should be winning these battles right now and then as I said they played it up by by hooting and hollering and, and clearly sort of uh rubbing the offense's face in it a little bit competitively but it's
2: good competition it's good competition it's not again the, the fight the in the infantry jennings thing that's who we water under the bridge stuff that happens at basically every football practice so no good energy i feel like defense doing that pushes the offense to want to be better and not like again them being like oh you guys you guys suck like it's, it's a joke <laughs> i mean it's it's all in good fun it's it's the energy that you're talking about so. it's the
0: energy you want it's the energy you get at minicamp day two here at Gillette Stadium. He is WEEI.com's Mike Cadlick. Be sure to click on the website, read his observations from the practice field. He'll also update you if there's any schedule changes for Wednesday. As of now, the team is supposed to have a third day of mandatory veteran minicamp. We will see if they do that or if they've done in the past, and as some other teams have done, they wipe that out, maybe even have a team bonding exercise. But that's what we saw today. Julian Edelman, Mack and the offense struggled a little bit. They emptied the playbook energy on defense. So there's things to be excited about. There's things to be questioning, yep. and that's probably how it should be in June when you're a team that's coming off a season where you didn't make the playoffs. You're kind of rebuilding on the run here and trying to figure out who you are. I am Andy Hart. He is Mike Cadlick. This is Six Rings and Football Things live from Patriots Minicamp in Foxborough.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.